Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. And we return to Our American Stories. Up next, a story from Steve Snyder, author of a fantastic book, Jot Down, the true story of pilot Howard Snyder and the crew of the B-17 Susan Ruth. Today, Steve shares with us a story of survival, determination, and America's efforts to beat back Nazi Germany from the skies. Let's get into the story. Here's Steve. Being a combat crewman in the 8th Air Force was the most hazardous, dangerous duty assignment in the United States military during World War II. 26,000 men were killed. That's more than the entire 
Marine Corps fighting in the Pacific, and another 28,000 men became prisoners of war after their bombers were knocked out of the sky by either German fighters or anti-aircraft fire. And it was dangerous from the time they took off to the time they, they landed. Back then, there was no air traffic control. There was no radar. Usually, the weather was socked in, and it was all based on visual sight, so you couldn't see anything until you got above the cloud layer. So mid-air collisions uh, were not uncommon on trying to form up. And then they had to face the elements. Uh, These planes weren't pressurized back then, so above 10,000 feet, you'd have to go on oxygen or else you'd pass out in a couple of minutes and could die. Plus, it was so cold at the altitudes they were flying. It was minus 40 to 60 degrees below zero, so frostbite was a huge problem. Then when they got close to the target, they would run into anti-aircraft fire, or flak. Uh, Flak was the German uh, abbreviation for the German word for aircraft defense cannon. And even when they made it back to England, they faced many dangers. Again, the weather could be lousy and overcast and socked in, and they couldn't even find their bases. You could have planes that had crewmen that had been killed or seriously injured men who needed uh, immediate medical attention. Uh, These bombers could be running out of gas. Uh, They could have suffered a lot of battle damage, engines out, landing gear that wouldn't come down. So uh, it was especially bad in the early years of the war, 1942 and 1943. Uh, Even though they implemented a mission limit of 25 in the spring of 43, it was statistically impossible to complete 25 missions in 1943. The average number of missions flown was only six before being shot down and actually culminated in the fall of 1940 in what's referred to as Black Week. They lost 140 planes, that's almost 1,500 men, and four missions. The worst day was Black Thursday, the second Schweinfurt mission on October 14th. 291 B-17s were sent and 60 of them were sent shot down. And it wasn't until the P-47 Thunderbolts uh, were added uh, that these bomber formations finally had fighter planes that could escort them all the way to the target and back again. My dad, like like most World War II veterans, you know, he 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 was a pretty humble guy about it. He didn't talk a lot about it, so I don't think most people, except for the immediate family and friends, uh, members of his church, really knew that he was a. Uh, in the 8th Air Force, or he was a B-17 pilot, or he was shot down. (laughs) Well, my dad and I had a great relationship. He was a very loving father and dedicated father. He was a tough guy. My two sisters and I, we always kind of compared him to John Wayne. He was that kind of guy. He was six foot three. He was a big guy. He was no nonsense guy. He was a disciplinarian. You know, there was uh, black or white. There was no gray areas. Uh, he was a de- devout Christian. Had very strong morals. But he didn't talk a lot uh, about the war. I, mean, I knew the basics when I was growing up. I knew he was a B seventeen pilot. He was stationed in Europe with the Eighth Air Force. His plane was named the Susan Ruth after my oldest sister, who was one year old at the time that he went overseas. And then he was shot down over uh, Belgium, and he was missing in action for seven months. But uh, it wasn't until 1989 that my dad finally started talking a lot, a lot about the war. Uh, 1989, in August, the Belgium-American Foundation uh, in Belgium erected a memorial to my dad and his crew. And my dad and the three other crew members that were still living at the time went over for the dedication. 
And there he was reunited with all these Belgian people that hit him during the war, revisited these places where he was hidden, and that brought it all back. And after that, he started talking a lot about it. Yesterday, December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. The U.S., uh, most of the people in the, in the, in the U.S. were uh, against getting into uh, a war that was brewing in, in Europe. Uh, they didn't want to get dragged into another conflict in, involving the European nations like they did in, in World War I. So there was strong sentiment about staying out of the, of the conflict after Germany invaded Poland in September of 1939. Back then, the U.S. was very provincial. Uh, there was no TV, you know, things by radio. You know, you didn't get much news about things that were happening in other parts of the world. So that was a huge shock when Japan bombed Pearl Harbor. I mean, the general public you know, had just no feeling or belief that that could happen, and they were, and the country was in total shock when it did happen. My mother at the time, uh, you know, she was really scared. My dad was up in. He was stationed at Fort Lewis, Washington at the time, and uh, my, my mother decided to go up and visit him over Christmas that year after the bombing because the future was very uncertain, and, and then that's when she got pregnant, and nine months later, Susan, Susan Ruth was born. <laughs> the only reason that he went into the Air Force is because you know, he had a new bride, uh, a baby on the way, and he didn't think he could support him very well on a private's pay in the Army. So that's why he volunteered to join the Air Force, where he could make more money, especially if he could make it through pilot training and become an officer. So that's the only reason uh, he really went into the Air Force rather than just staying in the Army. But it was a good decision. And pilot training was really rough. Forty percent of the cadets that entered pilot training washed out. It, it, was, it was rigorous. During uh, primary training, uh, he was really uh, unhappy. Just being a newlywed and away from his bride and uh, away from his little baby daughter, he, he was really uh, lonely. You know, he didn't care about training, really, or the war. All he could think about is being away from my mother. But gradually, uh, you know, that passed, and then it kind of became exciting, you know, flying uh airplanes and uh, getting ready to gear up to fight in the war. So it, it became uh, an adventure. When they were assigned overseas to the European Theater of Operations, uh, my dad and his crew, they after Dalhart, Texas, they went to Scott Field in Illinois where they were given a brand new B-17 to fly over to, to England. B-17 had a 10-man crew of four officers, uh, the first pilot, co-pilot, navigator, and bombardier. But uh, there were only uh, three of the crew were married at the time, but then my dad was the only crew member to have a, a child. And so the crew came together, the four officers and the six enlisted men. That would be a good name for the plane after the, uh, the pilot's little daughter. So that's how it was, uh, became the Susan Ruth. And you've been listening to Steve Snyder tell the story of the 8th Air Force in which his father served. 26,000 men were killed in the 8th Air Force, more than all of the U.S. Marines killed in the Pacific. 
This was Hazardous Duty. When we come back, more of Steve Snyder telling the story of his dad and more. Shot Down is his book. We continue with it here on Our American Story. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Open a limited time, eleven month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union at five point two five percent. APY, it's more than triple the national 
national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. And we return to Our American Stories and our story with Steve Snyder, author of Shot Down. Let's pick up where we last left off. It was a mission on February 8th of 1944, Frankfurt, Germany. Uh, The night before, the crew, my dad, the co-pilot, navigator, and bombardier, spent the night at the Falcon Pub, and they really tied one on. They said they had hangovers the next morning, but getting up to 10,000 feet and going on that pure oxygen sobered them right up. But it was a beautiful day uh, to fly. My dad said it was uh, clear, blue sky, uh, visibility was, was great. And they went through their bomb run, and they dropped their bombs successfully. But during the bomb run, their Bombay doors were hit by flak and they couldn't get them back up. As a result, they caused a drag on the plane. They lost airspeed and they fell behind the bomber formation heading back to the bases in England. And they were singled out by uh, two German Focke-Wulf 190 fighters. And like uh, lions or wolves coming down on prey, they swooped in and attacked the Susan Ruth all of a sudden. Everything just blows up. Uh, Oxygen tanks in the cockpit catch fire. Uh, My dad actually was knocked out for a brief period of time, came to, you know, he's frightened. Uh, He looks over at George Ike, his co-pilot. He's in shock. He's motionless, he's frozen, he's so scared. The six enlisted men were all behind the bomb bay, so he doesn't know what's going on there. So uh, he has the, uh, the other guys bail out, uh, being the commander of the crew. He's the last one to bail out of the plane. And they have to remember that none of these guys had bailed out of a plane before. But uh, my dad's coming down and he could make out objects on the ground, trees and uh, buildings. So he pulls his ripcord and he comes down to, uh, into some trees and his parachute got hung up on some branches and he dangling 20 feet off the ground and couldn't get down. Fortunately for him, a couple young Belgian men, Henri Franken and Raymond Dervan, came to his rescue before the Germans got there. They saw his plight, went back to the farmhouse, got a ladder and a rope and helped him down a a tree. This occurred uh, early afternoon, so they told him to stay put and hide till nighttime because they thought it was too dangerous to try to move him in daylight with German patrols combing the area. That night they came back and got him, took him to the Dervan farmhouse. He had some minor shrapnel wounds in his left leg. Uh, The woman of the house, uh, Raymond's mother, treated his wounds. And uh, he only stayed there one night, because again, they thought it was too dangerous for him to stay there any longer than that with those German patrols still in the area. So the second night, uh, Belgium customs officer, Paul Tilcan, came on a tandem bicycle uh, to take my dad to a safer location. Well, the Belgian people who hid my d- dad and other members of his crew, and any down dearman for that matter, were unbelievably brave people. They risked not only their lives, but the lives of their family and friends. Because of the Belgium secret police, the Gestapo found out about it. They'd be arrested, tortured, and either sent to a concentration camp or shot. They're unbelievably uh, strong people. 
From there, he was moved from place to place to place. Uh, how long he stayed in any given location depended on how brave the people were who lived there and how, how dangerous the Belgium underground thought it was for him to stay there. He might spend one night, he might spend six weeks. Finally, my dad got tired of hiding. <laughs> but word came that the Allies had landed uh, at Normandy on D-Day, June 6th, and he decided to get back in the fight. And he decided to join the French resistance. He felt there were U.S. men out there dying, uh, fighting and dying to win the war. And he felt it was his duty to get back in the, in, into the fight. Uh, his Belgium helpers tried to talk him out of it because it was so dangerous. I mean, he could be killed uh, fighting against the Germans. Or if the Germans captured him, he would have been shot on the spot as a terrorist. Uh, but he said, well, that, you know, fine, if you won't help me, I'll just go by myself. So, uh, but one of his, another one of his helpers, Amy Cools, uh, escorted him. They rode bicycles uh, over the Belgian border into France to hook up with a unit of the French Resistance. French Resistance was called the Mackey, or Maquis. And they were made up of small, independent, ragtag guerrilla groups all across France. Uh, their job was to, or mission was to harass the Germans. They would sabotage railroad lines, disrupt communications, assassinate German officers, uh, attack convoys. Mackey Group my dad joined with was led by a French lieutenant who had escaped from a German prisoner of war camp. And they stayed in a farmhouse in uh, wallers en France, just across the border. Seven months after being shot down, uh, word came that there were U.S. troops in the nearby village of Trelon, France. So on September 2nd, 1944, my dad walked into town in the town square, walked up to a army major, actually it was an element of Patton's third army, identified himself, they interrogated him to make sure he was who he said he was. And then he caught a ride on a convoy taking German prisoners to Paris, and then hopped on a transport from Paris back to, to England and went back to his base, where he sent a telegram to my mother, Western Union Telegram, saying, fit as a fiddle, honey, bank the money, because he had all that back pay coming. <laughs> well, five of the crew made it home, five of them did not. Uh, two of the crew were killed in the plane. Three of the crew, uh, Joe Musial, waste gunner, Richard Daniels, bombardier, and Roy Holbert, the flight engineer, were picked up immediately after they bailed out. Uh, Richard Daniels and uh, Joe Musial had extremely serious uh, injuries. They all three became prisoners of war, but Joe Musial and Richard Daniels were repatriated back to the U.S. before the war ended because of the seriousness of their wounds. One other crewman, the tail gunner, Bill Schlenker, he was also hidden and missing in action for seven months and invaded capture. But unlike my dad, who was moved from place to place to place and then ended up joining the uh, French resistance, Bill Schlenker stayed with one place the entire time. The other three members of the crew, George Ike, the co-pilot, Robert Benninger, the navigator, and John Pendrock, another waste gunner, they evaded capture for a couple months, and they were hiding in a makeshift hut in the woods just outside of Chimay. And a Belgium collaborator ratted them out to the Germans. They took them into the Chimay schoolhouse, which is still there today, uh, interrogated them, and drove them back out in the woods and murdered all eight of them. So there's tragedy and triumph in the story involving the Belgian people of the underground and members of my dad's crew and other eight Air Force B-17 crews. Of all the people that are involved in the, the shot down story, the only person who's still alive is Hans Berger, 
the Luftwaffe pilot that shot down my dad's plane. That was a thrill finding Hans, I can tell you. (laughs) During my research, my wife Glenda said, well, why don't you try to find the German pilot that shot him down? And I'm thinking, oh, she's naive. She has no idea what she's talking about. It's a ridiculous idea. But like a good good husband, I did what she told me to do, and I found Hans Berger. And uh, the man... Uh, Michael Mombeek is his name in uh, Belgium, who had contacted me, was a uh, Luftwaffe historian and written a number of books about the Luftwaffe and knew Hans. And he asked Hans if I could contact him to talk to him, which uh, Hans said, okay. But unfortunately, my dad died in 2007. So no, my, my dad never met him. World War II was the defining moment in my dad's life. And at one point in time, Hans' path and my dad's path crossed. And so Hans is a part of my dad's life, a part of his part of his story. And in 1988, the Belgium American Foundation built a memorial in the village of uh, Monsu Embrachis and asked him if he would come to the dedication ceremonies uh, for this memorial. And my dad and my mom were talking about it and goes, you know, I don't know. I don't even know this guy. Just get a letter from out of the blue. And they were debating whether or not going or not. Then Paul Delahaye sent him a second letter, and in this one it had the program for the event, which listed my dad as the keynote speaker. <laughs> so my dad says to my mother, I goes, well, I guess we got to go now. I probably wouldn't have written the book if it wasn't for two Belgium gentlemen, Dr. Paul Delahaye and Jacques Lalot. During the war, they were young boys and greatly affected by it. Uh, they saw firsthand atrocities committed by the Nazis against their family and their friends. And later in life, they became local historians, and they interviewed all these Belgian people and members of the Belgium underground about events that took place involving my dad and his crew, and they documented their testimony. And they gave me unbelievably detailed information about events that took place involving my dad and his crew that would have been lost forever without their dedicated research. So I owe them a a huge debt. And we owe him a huge debt as well. A special thanks to Monty Montgomery and to Jim Watkins for putting this story together. And also for Steve Snyder for writing this book about his father. The book is Shot Down, the true story of pilot Howard Snyder and the crew of the B-17 Susan Ruth. The story of Steve Snyder's dad, a love story between father and son, between troops and pilots and aviators. In the end, the love story of our American GIs many of them paying the ultimate price to defend freedom against the Nazi menace. This story here on Our American Stories. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Open a limited time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average. Plus, it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or Kemba.org slash CV for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals Annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.